You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Oddball in Miami. I'm in Miami. I'm in Miami. I am. I'm in Miami. Three, two, one. Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amino Hassan in Miami. And over there in New York City is Charlotte Wilder. Say hello, Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. Oh, she knows how to do the joke. Everyone loved the Eddie Johnson conversation yesterday. So you know what today we have? More Eddie Johnson. That's right. More of our conversation with Eddie Johnson, SiriusXM NBA radio host. He's the color analyst on All Suns local broadcast. And, of course, he's my friend. So he's a guy that played a long time in the league and has a lot of stories to show for it. So we'll... Show you a little bit more of those. Also, Adventures of Juju Gotti at All-Star Weekend? Who says no? Nobody says no. I certainly I certainly say yes. I mean. I'm going to tell you right now. Give one guy a microphone and a camera. Nobody does man on the street better than Juju Gotti. Nobody. Not even Guillermo from Kimmel, who I have a lot of no respect contest. for. Me. So we'll have more on that. Uh, but, Charlotte, we didn't get to this yesterday. Jacques Vaughn was mm-hmm. let go by the Brooklyn Nets over the All-Star break. And yesterday they announced a replacement, Kevin Ali. And the quotes from the presser, mm-hmm. a little puzzling for me, Charlotte. because it was Would a you like me about- to read some? Yes, please. Yes, please. He's talking about drawing charges about the team's lack of aggression. He said, we can't have those things. That's losing basketball to me. Winning and losing, that's part of the results, but it's also the process. And the process is these EGBs and how we get lost in these things and how we hunt for them each and every day. I want hunters. If you hunt, you're going to play. If you don't hunt, you're not going to play. What? Hmm. That dog don't hunt. Yeah. Quote Kevin Ollie. <laughs> that dog don't hunt. So Kevin Ollie, obviously long playing career in the NBA, uh, has been an assistant in the league. He's been a guy that a lot of players around the league really love and admire. I know Kevin Durant uh, thinks very highly of him, as a lot of the guys that were with him in Oklahoma City. Kevin Ollie won a national championship at UConn when, you know, Kemba Walker and them boys, to quote my man's mm-hmm. two gods, went on a magical, incredible run that started in the Big East tournament and ended with a national championship. To take a step back and talk about what Jacques Vaughn's downfall was, there was no structure. Uh, the players ultimately felt like they weren't being given the tools to be successful. Uh, routinely, when asking what kind of coverage they were in or, or uh, you know, what offensive set they should be running, instead, Jacques Vaughn's kind of thing was play harder, which sounds eerily similar to, you know, energy, right? Which is, albeit it sounds a lot more 
polished when you call them EGBs or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's still the same concept of we're not talking about, hey, are we uh, icing on the on the side pick and roll and uh, sagging in the help? We're not talking about that. We're talking about just play harder. And ultimately in the NBA, yes, you got to play hard. Absolutely. But nothing makes players not play hard more than feeling like, what are we doing here? What are we, we're not, we don't know what we're doing. All right. And then uh, I'm not going to kill myself. Well, there's also, it's like not even just play harder, it's play smarter. Like it, all they're asking for is like a plan, yeah. is a reason to play hard. I think that if someone's just like, go out there and do it as hard as you can, and then players are like, what is it? Yeah. Like define it. You know, like hunting, it it all just feels sort of like platitudes for describing things that are not specific. And I think that specificity and expectation is so huge in the NBA because, I mean, we talked about this before. We talked about this with with the Bucks and they fired Adrian Griffin of like, yeah. guys want to know what their roles are and they want to know that there's a system and they want to know that, they're, that that system is leading to something. Um, I wonder though, if it's sort of like a, I mean, first of all, the, the the Jacques Vaughn thing is interesting to me, too, because he came in after Steve Nash was fired, obviously, last year mm-hmm. um, when the whole team sort of blew up. And and I went to Nets Media Day this year, and he was talking about how he was excited to have had an offseason where he could implement a plan, where he could have time with players, where he could have his coaching staff come in Um and it feels like, I mean, that that failed very quickly. Am I wrong? Like, it, it felt like, or, or I, is this actually longer than than you would think he he, he should have if it was going that poorly, I, according to players? I, I, I would say the things that I heard behind the scenes combined mm-hmm. with what I heard Sean Ferrani report earlier this week uh, when, he, when he talked about it was very congruent. And both of those things were... Nobody knows what the hell we're doing. Um, and we, every time we're looking for guidance in that way, all we're getting is play harder, play harder, play harder, which mm-hmm. that works for my kids' middle school team. It does not work mm-hmm. on a pro level, uh, even with good players. And I think the Nets roster has a lot of good players. Like this isn't a yeah. Detroit situation where it's like they've got guys who are not, not NBA caliber rotation players in a the rotation. These are legitimately good players that – if they had a dispersal draft, every one of these guys would get picked up and would be a rotation guy somewhere else, right? Yeah. But when you say, first of all, Mikel Bridges is my best player, there has to be an understanding that Mikel Bridges is not a throw him the ball and go get me one type of player. He's not Kevin Durant or you know James Harden. He's a, a guy that needs structure, down screens, pin downs, and, and uh, like stagger screens and, and cat and mouse game on the weak side and all these things, right? That's what he needs. Just got to be on the same page with, you know, everybody, with the coaches and players. You know, they got to hold us to the standard. We got to hold each other accountable. We got to play hard. You know, it's all of us out there. And um, we all got to be on the same shrink all together and do all the little things on the court, you know, learn, know what we're doing. So when we're out there, there's no thinking, you know, you don't guys that play basketball, play a sport. You don't want to be out there thinking, you know, that's uh, you got a lot of other stuff going on, who you guarding and all that stuff. You don't want to think on what your principles are. You know, you want to know what you're doing on both ends. And I think that's what we got to get to. But players on us, we got to keep each other accountable. We got to play hard. We can't mope around. And, you know, I've had bad body language um, just personally, you know, and that comes through frustrations. I want to win, but I can't let that get to me where I show to my teammates that, like, I'm down and I just shut down. Like, I got to even times get tough, pick your head up and, and be ready. He needs a structured offense in order to be the best version of himself. 
right? That's that's going to be an offensive talent. Obviously, there's another version of himself that what he was in Phoenix, where it's a three and D guy. But in order to expand it to a guy who can average 25 a game, you got to play him in a structure. You can't just throw him the ball and say go get one. And so there's that stuff, right? The X's and O's on both sides of the ball that was suspect. Again, the Nets, when you look at their roster, this should have been one of the best defenses in the league. All these guys, Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, Nick Claxton, these are all, Dennis Smith Jr., these are all incredible defensive players. And yet, they're kind of substandard. The other part of this, though, Charlotte, and this is the important part, mm-hmm. is lineups. Understanding who fits alongside who. Do you know that the Nets' starting lineup, their most played lineup, had the worst plus-minus in the league? No, I did not know that's, that. That's who they were playing, right? That's that's that they're that's like okay, this is who we're picking to go out there and play the majority of our minutes. Usually that number is reserved for a team that's really bad, like Detroit's starting lineup, San Antonio's starting lineup, Washington's starting lineup, because, hey, this is the best we got, and we're not that good. And so we accumulate a really bad net rating, right? These guys, like, you have good players. Just play the right combos. Again, there's more to this game than just being general Patton and yelling at guys and telling them to play harder. And I think if I'm the Nets, either a player or a fan, and I hear – Kevin Ollie, who's won a championship in, at the college level, who's been around this league and played for a lot of great coaches, who's a really respected guy, coming in and talking like Jacques Vaughn was talking, I don't know if he's going to get by in that way. He better come in with, with some, some actual tangible basketball structure in order to get these guys on, on, on board. You know, it sort of bums me out of me because at, when, when the Nets were talking at the beginning of the season – loyal oddball listeners and viewers will remember this, but I was like, I think this is my side piece team. Like Mm. I really love this Nets team. I think they're scrappy. I think they could be a lot better than people think they could be mostly because as you talked about, because of that defense, because they were also just fun. They were having so much fun together at media day. And to me, that's like such a good sign. It might seem simple. People might think that's a silly way to analyze basketball, but I think that teams who have fun together generally have a better shot if they also have talent than teams who don't. And when you and I went to that Nets-Knicks game, I mean, there was like defeat in a lot of those Nets players' eyes. The Knicks were blowing them out, and the Nets were playing. We knew they could play better than they were playing. So maybe the most charitable read of the Kevin Ollie stuff that he was saying is that it's sort of a hangover from Jacques Vaughn and that he will realize what he needs to do differently. Um, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, I, we're going to have a, there'll be somebody else there <laughs> well, starting the, starting the season. And, and that's the one thing that out of this press conference that I thought was very interesting. One is that he is interim. They're not mm-hmm. committing to anything beyond this season. But two is that Sean Marks is, um, was asked about his, will you be allowed to pick the next coach? And his answer, I won't lie, did not inspire me with a lot of confidence. It was kind of like, I have no reason to believe why Joe uh, and Clara would not want me to do that, as opposed to, of course I am. What are you guys talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. I think, again, I think this Nets roster has talent. I don't think this is mm-hmm. a case where, man, you guys got a long road ahead. So I, I just feel like, it's going to take a little bit more structure 
than you know what they had prior and and the irony is of course the reason why we're here charlotte is because once upon a time this team was very structured under kenny atkinson and then they signed two super duper megastars and they're like what is all this structure i'm a auteur i'm a genius let me be a genius and so they got kenny out of there and they moved to coaches who were more willing to let the geniuses do what the geniuses wanted to do so that was jacques vaughn yeah. in his interim that was steve nash as a head coach and that was jacques vaughn again as an interim and now this is one where it's like we need we need lines. We need lines so these guys can paint between the lines. Well, life comes at you fast to me. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball and, more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shay and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make six trophies your go to companion podcast. Follow six trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Wonderful NBA All-Star Weekend. Great experience. My dog, Miles, with a bold fashion choice. Red turtleneck with two chains on. Only in Indianapolis, ladies and gentlemen. Miles, who is the worst dressed player in the NBA? His name is Kendall Brown. You'll get so low, you'll see that. <laughs> I like your jersey, ma'am. Thank you. Very fresh. Don't call me ma'am, though. Uh, well, what do I say? I like your jersey, sis. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. What do I call you, though? Like, sir. Sir. So, yeah, sir right. and ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you, sir. My, my lady. Thank you. <laughs> Look who we got in the wow we got a goddamn big shoe wearing mother look at my mean shoes right now ladies and gentlemen where is the yellow this boy got on gloves the jacket holy moly tim the two-time oh he got a hat he just draw it's a hat in that mother i told everybody that today was gonna be the day i was gonna be out there with it so this is it right here yes with the sir. off-white air force ones with the mad max spikes you know if someone get too close like wow I think he's coined the phrase, but those are the most look at you Louis shoes that a human being can wear. They're nice shoes. Yes, sir. They're nice shoes and you're pulling them off. But it's like, wow, hey everybody, look at my shoes. It is, and that was the that was the purpose, that was by design. Juju on the other hand, he, he comes in all colors. No comments. A little Supreme, he did Supreme, uh, it's about 2019 Supreme, you oh, did me? Oh, he got the archives, you feel okay. Me? Had to bring it back for the 99, 2000, okay, you did me. Okay, do you have anything on the wrist right now? Nah, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm broke, I'm broke, baby, <laughs> nothing on the I wrist. I the Celine sunglasses, like, you feel okay, me? okay. You did, we outside, man, you got a, I got my prescription in them so I can see yeah, far, yeah, you did yeah. me. What you got on today, big bro? So today I got the James Harden. Adidas kicks on. I got these baggy ass pants from H&M, which I love. That's the new look now. Yeah. I'll take that. My fiance dressed me. My dog fresh as hell, man. Salute you to you, my brother. Luca, who is the easiest matchup? Nobody. Too much respect. Too much respect. 
fuck out of respect. Nicola, who is the easiest player to go against in the NBA? Luca, I'm joking. <laughs> but Luca, then he has a rough night. And man, Westside Zone 3 back in the building, you did me. Are you a uh, team Cat Williams or team Steve Harvey? <laughs> man, I ain't picking no sides, but I'm gonna go Cat Williams. Thank you, Austin. Right there, we had it in our grasps, but I was trying to be respectful. Guess what? That's the gloves coming off. Let's do this. Cat, snowfall or power? I love snowfall. I'm gonna go snowfall, big dog. Franklin Saint, snowfall. I'm gonna go snowfall. I don't watch either, brother. Oh, damn. Neither. Paolo, snowfall or power? Oh, damn. At the buzzer. Right in the gonads. Damn it. It hurts that much more whenever you're about to get it out and then they be like, no further questions. Right. We introducing my sister to a TV show called, what, what would you call it? I'm not repeating. I would like to be excluded from this narrative. She said powder, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I would... okay. In fairness, we were just talking about snow, how it was snowing. You said snowfall and I thought you said snowfall or powder. And I was like, the kind of snow it was? Because I'm the whitest woman in America. How about sweet tarts or sweethearts? Ooh, sweethearts, for yeah. sure. What do you got? I like the sweet tarts. I think sweethearts should be banished from the earth. I think they are so disgusting, along with Heath candy bars. <gasps> Heath candy bars are good. Heath candy bars are good, ladies and gentlemen. I have a question. Why do you hate love? That's the most important question. I don't know why I hate love. You're right, Miss Rachel. I need to get better. Thank you so much. I'm going to work on myself. You Thank go. you. Back to you, Bob. I am Eddie Johnson, and this is Storytime. Eddie, uh, the other story that I love that you told is, because Charlotte's from Boston, she's a huge Celtics fan, mm -hmm. and one of my favorite all-time stories Eddie told me was the first time he played against Larry Bird. Oh, please, tell me everything, Eddie. That man taught me the art of trash talking deluxe. <laughs> like, I, I, would, I talk a little, so I was very quiet, mm -hmm. but on the court I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so my rookie year, go in the Boston Garden. Cotton Fitzsimmons, you know, says, okay, Eddie, you're going to start tonight. And he didn't tell me until I actually got to the arena. And I think he did that on purpose. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And so in the locker room, the veteran players on that team, there's a lot of veteran players, uh, they had Phil Ford, Josie Merriweather, <clears throat> Reggie King, Leon Douglas, uh, Sam Lacey, I mean, these are guys that yeah. really helped me as a player. They're like, Eddie, just don't say nothing to Larry Bird. Really? Just ignore him. <laughs> and I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> just, just ignore him. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll follow their instructions. So we go out for the jump ball, and I go and I line up and everything, and I see him sauntering out. And he walks right. Sauntering out. He walks right to me. You could, I could tell he was staring at me. Yeah. He walks right to me, and he just lines up next to me. And I sense he was just staring at me, and I'm just looking straight ahead, and saying nothing. So, the official, something happened. He had to go back over there to the clock and, and fix it. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking Did over. I'm like looking over here. I'm looking over there. And then finally he says, you see me talking to you. <laughs> you see me looking at your ass. <gasps> and I'm like, I'm not even paying attention to him. 
look at me. You think you're going to guard me tonight? Are you serious? He looks over at Cotton. Cotton! <laughs> he guard me? And he looks at me, I'm going to wear your ass out. <laughs> and I'm just like straight ahead. Yeah. Just, I'm not, but I'm from Shy now. I can only take so much. Yeah. So he just, you know, he just, he said, trust me, you're going to wish you never showed up tonight. And so finally, I just turned to him. I looked at him. I said, just bring it. Bring it. I said, ain't nobody scared of your ass. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I really don't. He proceeded to just, just wear me out. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And, you know, but offensively, I could always hold my own. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't, I was scoring on him, but it wasn't, it, it was like here and there, far between. I mean, this dude coming down, he just, they, they isolated me. They just, I mean, he couldn't move me because mm -hmm. I was strong back then. But it was just, he recognized that. So he just started facing up on me. Just, I mean, just educate me. He's talking to me the whole time. Really? Oh, yeah. Trash get, get your hands up. Get your hands up. No way. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. Coaching you up while he's giving you words. Get your hands up. Become a screen. I mean, just talking. So I'm like, you know, so I got a little hot in the middle quarters. I hit about two, three in a row. I said, take that, you bitch. I'm talking. Talking. <laughs> And he cursing at me, and he just, I mean, it was really bad. And so I said, okay, fine. He comes down, and he shoots about Steph Curry rain, and he misses the whole rim. And I started laughing. And he said, see, you don't understand the value of what just happened. I'm like, I can do that and stay in the game. Can you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It, it was, I'm telling you, after that, and then Cotton got mad at me because I got a little individualistic, mm. and I was getting ready to get on the bus the next morning, and he's like, why are you getting on the bus? I'm like, what, what do you mean? He said, oh, you got waved this morning. <laughs> That's a true story. No. My heart about drops. Oh, my God. And... I turned around to get off the bus. He said, get on the bus. <laughs> oh, man, that's not a, that's that's mean. Not a cool joke, man. That's, that's mean. That, that, but I'm telling you, but that's how hard Cotton Fitzsimmons was on me. Yeah. And he, he was like a father figure. Yeah. I mean, loved him, he loved me. And it was a, it was a humbling experience. And it, it led to the next time I faced Larry about three weeks later. And I was playing good minutes. I was, mm -hmm. you know, I was playing. And, and so he comes in to Kansas City, and I'm ready for him. Mm -hmm. Same stuff. He's talking junk. Oh, I got you again, huh? I said, yeah, you got me again. I proceed. I'm just wearing him out, okay? One of my hot games. I'm wearing him out. But he still got about 25. It's not like he ain't <laughs> right, wearing right. me out. <laughs> and, and so he looked at me, and he's like, okay. So he said something to me I didn't like. So I said, okay, I'm gonna get him. So I went in, I drove, I gave him an up fake, and I wasn't even trying to score. I, wasn't, I didn't care about scoring the ball, nothing. All I cared about was inflicting some pain. Yeah. <laughs> and so I caught him with an elbow when I went up, and luckily the ball went in and they called a foul on him. And 
And I knew he was staring at me. And I knew this was going to escalate. So I'm standing there at the free throw line. Again, a little delay. And they finally give me the ball. But before they gave it to me, all you can do is score. That's what he said. All you can do is score. And I noticed that he was bleeding. And I said, I can make you bleed, too. <laughs> and Robert Parrish was standing there. Robert Parrish kind of giggled. <laughs> so I like... I like, okay. So the game ends. Uh, they beat us. And so the game ends. <laughs> Jerry Reynolds was, uh, he's from French Lick. Uh, and he was assistant coach on our team. And so I look up. I'm in there getting dressed. And I look up. And Larry walks into the locker room. And I'm like, oh, boy. Okay, this, this is getting ready to get ugly. So I hurry up and get my stuff on. I'm like, I might fight this fool. You know? And... And so he's over there talking to Jerry. And at that time, you know, you can drink beers at the games. <laughs> Him and Jerry over there drinking. And, and I'm just sitting there. And he's just looking at me. So then after he got done, after I was dressed, he walks over. And he reaches into his pocket. And at that time, you know how hotel keys used to be. It wasn't yeah. a car. Yeah. It, was got, just, yeah, it was a, little, a key. Yeah. key yeah. Big, a heavy little, thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. you couldn't lose it. And I see it in his hand. He tosses it to me. We can finish this at the hotel. What? Oh, yeah. That's a maniac, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I grabbed the key. I said, I looked at him. I said, now, hold up. You want me to come over to your hotel room? <laughs> I'm going to walk up there, and Mikhail's hiding around the corner. Uh, Paris going to help you. I said, no, 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 no. We can go somewhere else. And he looks at me, and he says, Give me my key back. <laughs> and I threw the key back. He said, I like you. Really? Oh, yeah. He said, I like you. And he, he left. He, he was just testing. Yeah, like, yeah, he was yeah. trying to push the limits. Yeah. See, yeah. Like, what kind of guy. Exactly. Eddie How are is. you going to yeah. respond? Yeah. Did you guys become friends after that? Well, over the years, we never, I never trash talked to him again, and he yeah. never really bothered me. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I tell people to this day, he taught me the art of really controlling guys and mm -hmm. getting in their mind during the game yeah and without even knowing it it wasn't like he set me down he was coaching you in, in various yeah, it's just ways. my interaction with him and then watching him he didn't know this he was one of my favorite players i watched him wow you know and so i picked up a lot of different things in watching him and just to have that interaction and to to go back and forth was huge all right, we got a lot more to get to with Eddie Johnson. He's a man of many stories, so stay tuned. Uh, thanks. Um, thanks for watching Oddball. We're trying to do a show here. Do you mind? God damn, man. <laughs>